The Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly podcast is powered by Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop and Jonesboro and crumblecookies.com. It's the most fun way to start your day. Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It is April the 12th of 2023. Big news in my house. What? Kyle went out last night to a baseball game, and guess what? What? Girls are checking him out. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he's so proud of himself. Are you a little envious? Uh, one million percent, because when I was his age, nobody was checking me out. So you're saying he's got the cool factor that you've always wanted. Yeah. It must have skipped a generation. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. And, you know, I would like to think I could give him great advice. <clears throat> but if there's anybody else out there that can advise a 13-year-old and how to talk to girls, <laughs> because the story is, is one of our friends, uh, he went with our friends, right? And the story is, is that the girls were checking out Kai and his buddy, and it made the boys nervous. Oh, wait. So maybe he does have a little bit more of his dad. Yeah, the story is is one of the girls waved at him. This is the second time a girl has waved at Kai. And do you know what he did? Did he do the Forrest Gump wave? He didn't even do that. He didn't wave back. He smiled, he said. Okay, that's good. At least he smiled. Because you look down like you're mad at people. You look like you're upset. Oh, no. At least he smiled. That's good. That's get him a start. On the right. We have to get him on the right track, though. Maybe maybe you should stay out of it, and he'll stay on the right, right track. Oh, you think that's what it is? Yes. No advice from me? <laughs> that's nice of you. Uh, today is National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day. Mm-hmm. It's also National Only Child Day. Celebrating all that. Plus, Licorice Day. Hey, there's a story out this morning, and I didn't realize this because I haven't uh, talked to her in a few days. But the governor's going to be in K-Fine Country this morning. Oh. And we'll tell you more about that, but it looks like she's making an appearance uh, for the students in Wynn this oh, okay. morning. So that's a pretty big deal. Uh, plus, Kelly and I had the opportunity to go out and host the Day of Giving with Arkansas State. Kelly smelled like hot dogs most of the time. That was the story I heard at the end of it. And they were like, man, she must eat a lot of hot dogs. <laughs> but anyway, it's hard to get rid of hot dog breath, so I'll right. give it to her. Uh, we also have a special guest coming up later on this morning, a friend of the show. Coach Butch Jones joins us. Yay! A-State football is getting ready for their spring game coming up on Saturday at uh, Centennial Bank Stadium. Mm-hmm. And Coach Jones is going to come in. Kelly will impersonate him throughout the interview. <laughs> You're an idiot. No, I will not. <laughs> no. You should do it. Only when he's not here. Oh, like behind his back? Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, it's, also, uh, it's also a day where co- uh, Dr. Dana Watson from Family Zinc is going to come in. She's going to talk about what makes a strong apology and why it's important to give apologies. Uh, Dr. Shane Spice with Doc Talk. We have Dr. Kevin Reed, Wet Nose Wednesday. Students from Nettleton East are going to be on because Touch a Truck is coming up this weekend. And Rebecca Probst from Local Impact mm-hmm. is going to get us ready for their big event next month. All of that this morning as you get your day started with Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. Brandon Baxter in the morning. It looks like the city of Wynn's going to have a very special guest later on this morning mm-hmm. as the governor, Sarah Sanders, makes her way to Wynn as students head back to the intermediate school. It's going to be their first day back since the tornado of March the 31st. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you see somebody who is uh, acting as a crossing guard and it looks like the governor, 
That is the governor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I think is cool that she's going to wake up early and be there yeah. to support those students and those families and all the people who are going to the school. If anybody sees her and has a chance to either get a photo with her or talk to her, ask her when we're going to have the wrestling match between the governor okay. and Brandon Baxter. Don't don't ask her that. That's embarrassing. That needs to be one of the main questions. And whoever <laughs> asks an that idiot. this morning, we will send something to you. Okay. You'll send them a personal check. Huh? Uh, yeah, my checks. <laughs> a Venmo. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I don't even have that. Yeah, I know, Grumpal. Uh, okay. I don't know if my checks have any cash either at this point. But uh, anyway, the governor's going to be there, which I think is cool because it just shows that, uh, you know, she's thinking about the entire state and she's going to be there to support these people who, as we've talked about, and Kelly had the chance to relive over the weekend, there are a lot of people in that community who have lost a whole lot. Yeah, and today they a lot of those people go back to school so you're you're talking about students and teachers going back to be in the same spot some of them have lost everything Mm. so my heart goes out to the teachers today who are going to be there to try to be I already know they're going to be an encouragement they're going to love on those kids they're going to kids need that structure and schedule so for them to be able to go back to school and have that social you know be able to be with their friends and their teachers and just kind of get back to some type of normalcy um, is going to be good for them. But it's almost like a deal where everybody's going to be, you know, let's just be real. They're going to have a ton of emotions as they all go back. There's people who haven't had to work since March 31st because of the tornado who have been out there trying to clean up or help family or Mm -hmm. friends and all that different stuff. And there's kids who literally, as intermediate school students, boom, their lives were flipped and they really don't understand it. Right. And I have friends who have kids that are still waking up in the middle of the night scared that something's coming. Oh, my God. You know, so a lot of these, a lot of the physical needs are being met because people are so amazing with getting people food and, and shelter and water and all of that necessities but there's going to be so much need for for therapy because mm-hmm. so much happens so so our thoughts go out to the community of when it is a, a good day as students get to go back to intermediate school yeah uh remind me because i haven't been uh, to the wind schools in a minute how close is the intermediate school to the high school it's on the same road down the street like, so yeah. the high school, they're going to be able to see that in the distance that the high school has been, I mean, just completely pulverized. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, our thoughts go out to Cross County this morning. Also to the governor as she travels in this morning. What's up, governor? How you doing? <sighs> I apologize. <laughs> Come see us if you want to. Don't um, not, not now. Don't do any of that <laughs> stuff. All right. Sorry, governor. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, good morning, Arkansas. It's time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's morning show. High five! High five! Hey, a big high five goes out today to Earl Layton. He's from Dubuque, Iowa, 61 years old, and a retired mechanic. He bought a lottery ticket on April Fool's Day, and uh, he looked at it and realized that, well, his ticket told him He won $40 million. Oh, my goodness. Earl, though, who is retired now, thinks, oh, my gosh, I have fallen for the trick on April Fool's Day. yeah. He thought it was a complete joke. He laughed about it, thought it was an April Fool's joke, reached out to the Iowa Lottery, and guess what? Y'all, it's real. (laughs) A real ticket that won him $40 million in lottery money. They gave him the option to take the $40 million over 29 years or to take the lump sum. I guess at the age of 61, you decide to take the lump sum. Oh, yeah. So his lump sum winnings are $21.28 million. All right. That's a pretty cool deal Mm -hmm. right there. So Earl says he plans to help his family and also make donations to benefit children who have medical issues. Mm. 
So here's to you, to our new best friend, Earl Lake of Dubuque, Iowa. It's an Arkansas's morning show, High Five. High Five. And today's High Five is powered by Right Fiber from Ritter Communications. It's the right speed at the right price right now. And you can check the availability in your area when you go to rightfiber.com. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It is April the 12th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, This is Country Music News on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. We have Country Music News today on Russell Dickerson. I don't love you like I used to. This gets better every time. Congratulations to Russell Dickerson. He and his wife Kaylee have announced they're expecting their second child later on this year. Uh, which mm-hmm. is a great story because uh, they shared last September that they lost a baby at eight weeks. So uh, now they're pregnant again. They've done the whole gender reveal. The baby is going to be a baby boy, and it's going to join uh, their two-year-old son, Remington. So congratulations mm-hmm. to Russell Dickerson and his wife, Kaylee. So Russell has a new song out. His latest single is called God Gave Me a Girl. Here's a sneak peek. I gave my all to those empty bars. They always left me with a broken heart. song is called God Gave Me a Girl. New stuff that's out now from Russell Dickerson. We have country music news today on the Grand Ole Opry. So every year, the Opry picks several upcoming artists to take part in a program that they offer called Next Stage. And it's all about honoring the select group of artists who are crazy talented. So artists in the program are going to be featured throughout the year. They're going to have performances on the Grand Ole Opry stage. And then they're going to have the support of the Grand Ole Opry. So they just revealed the eight artists that were chosen to take part in this year's program, which makes it the biggest class in program history. The 2023 class members Members are Chapel Hart, Cameron Marlowe, Ian Munzik, my girl, Ashley Cook. Oh, yeah. It's been a year. You're going to be excited mm-hmm. now. And I ain't saying it ain't been a good one. So other Opry Next Stage members, Ernest. Mr. I take your own. Also, Jackson Dean. Come on now. How about Corey Kent? I keep the windows down. And Megan Maroney. So the Opry is going to officially introduce a new class with a live concert in Colony, Texas on May 10th, which will air live on Circle Network. The Colony. That's where my Nana used to go to get some beverages. I remember on the weekends we would have to drive to the Colony. Well, all right. Ties a, to the Colony. It was a fun place, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I missed all it. All right. And country music news today on Alabama. If you going to play. So June Jam is coming up on June the third in Fort Payne, Alabama. It's been it's been forever since they've done this. They haven't done this event since 1997. Whoa! And they're bringing it back in the hometown of Alabama. So Alabama's going to be there. They've also announced other performers that include Jake Owen, Jamie Johnson, Mark Wills, DJ Silver. What about the Oak Ridge Boys? Hellfire up. Yeah. Hellfire up. It's 
your part right here. Go for it. Not yet. This guy's name was Sturban or something like that. Giddy up, boom, bop, boom, bop, boom, bow, bow. Giddy up, boom, bop, boom, bop, boom, bow, bow. Also performing at June Jam, Neil McCoy. Oh, hey! Jimmy, that way. Here we go! Slam, bam, I'm feeling alright. Troubles take a hike in the blink of an eye. Don't need to psychoanalyze or have a stiff drink. All she's gotta do is just give me that way. Again, it's June Jam, Fort Payne, Alabama. The date is June the 3rd. Tickets are on sale now at thealabamaband.com. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. It's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Arkansas's Morning Show. Did you know people in the late 1800s used to rip pages out of the Sears Roebuck catalog and use them as toilet paper? What? They didn't see any need to buy paper specifically for wiping themselves when the catalog came for free. <laughs> so you think about those catalogs. We used to get those too, right? Kind of like the shiny paper. Yeah, that'd be like grabbing a poster off the wall and be like, oh. hey, here's, here's the poster. <laughs> that is so weird. Yeah. You know, I used to use that Sears and Roebuck catalog as well. Uh-uh. Not for entertainment purposes. Okay. I would look at the toys. I would uh-uh. look at the tools. And Brandon? Uh-uh. the undergarment section okay. was always entertaining as a young boy. <laughs> you see these okay. ladies in these granny undergarments and you're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Did you know? 90% of Americans live within 15 minutes of a Walmart. Oh my gosh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and did you know, Dolly Parton says she used her own acrylic nails on one of the most iconic songs she's written because the noise they made kind of sounded like a typewriter to her, so she played the sound on the actual record. It even says Nails by Dolly on the album. Wow. The song, 9 to 5. Oh! Working 9 to 5, what a And if you didn't know, now you know. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, good morning, Arkansas. It was a big day on the campus of Arkansas State. Kelly and I were invited to kind of be hosts and I don't know what you would call what we did. The party starters. Yeah, for the A-State Day of Giving, which is Arkansas State University, all the different colleges throughout their organizations and different uh, scholarships. And it was a fun deal. It was a great reason for us to be outside and enjoy a beautiful day. It really was. So we were excited about that. A uh, big thank you goes out to the A-State Alumni Association. Tara Thomas and Marsha Carwell were there to kind of support us. And then uh, Casey Akins, mm-hmm. um, man, she did some great work as the as the uh, chairperson of the A-State Committee of the Jonesboro Regional Chamber, Chamber of Commerce. She is so passionate for Arkansas State. I'm pretty sure uh, if she asked me to, I would run through a brick wall for her. No, so we talked to her about Arkansas State, and she doesn't even work there anymore. Yeah. And then we asked her about her current business with Bartons, and she goes off on like how great that is. Like She knows her stuff. Mm-hmm, she does. But it was great to be out there because we had the chance to be around students and teachers and, and different people who are there to uh, impact the lives of people in Northeast Arkansas. And really, as they talked about, like the Delta and Arkansas in general, as so many people come to Arkansas State. 
But the day of giving is where you can choose where you want to contribute. So if you want to contribute to the student emergency fund, you can do that. If you want to contribute to the band or athletics or any of that stuff, you can choose where your money goes. And I think I I said this yesterday, but I feel like when everybody's like, you need to donate. I'm like, I don't have a million dollars to sure. to put my name on a on a on a building. I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: like, even if you donated ten dollars, every you know it sounds cliche, but every dollar helps, yep. and they put that towards something, and you can see where your money's going and what they're doing with it. Well, and you think about how many people have come through Arkansas State, and a lot of them still live in Arkansas, but some people move off to to different states around the country, and you know they're reaching out to the alumni, having them donate and stuff like that, and contribute. So I thought that was a fun event. We had the chance to see Howell and Scarlet. Uh, I just noticed a few minutes ago, uh, and I remembered in this picture, I had the chance to meet a young lady named Carly Farmer. Oh, that was so sweet. So Carly, um, I guess, is working on the campus of Arkansas State. She's an adult now. And <laughs> she told me, she's like, I just want to tell you, I've listened to you since I was a little kid. Aww. And I'm like, Carly, get out of here. Don't and what's say crazy, something yeah, like I remember when I said that to you, too. <laughs> okay. You weren't a little, but, you're ser- but I'm serious. No, but it was really, it was really yeah. sweet. She was, uh, we were excited to have the chance to meet somebody and who is, who has listened for that long for somebody who's put up with me for almost 20 years. It's like, dude, you deserve a medal. And she puts you in the same category as Ryan Vaughn. She said, yeah. you know, the two people that I get, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, is Brandon Baxter and Ryan Vaughn. And I was like, man, that's, that's a big category. You know, when you're up there with me, Ryan should be um, proud of himself for the work he's done. He should be very proud of himself. <laughs> Yes. What well, he should be. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He saves lives. I make people laugh. Right. Okay. It's All pretty right. much an even trade. Yes. So anyway, it was a cool day. And thanks to everybody who contributed to Arkansas State University on the day of giving. At the same point, I was the one person there who left with the sunburn. Um, and <laughs> I realized that when I, when I woke up, I took a little quick nap because I had something to do last night. And I looked down. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my arm is red. My head is red. And the worst part about my timing for my sunburn was it was the same day I was going in for more tattoo work Ooh. on my arm. So I had a sunburn and was getting a tattoo. Ooh, was it? Did it hurt more? Like, did I you mean, just flex? No, I'm just showing you underneath because that was an empty, that was blank canvas. Hey, do you remember yesterday when I was like, hey, do you want to park the truck right there and we can put the table under that shade? And you're like, yeah. no, I want to be out here in the middle. You remember that? Sometimes you make me sound like a big <laughs> idiot. I just wanted to remind you. Carly Farmer wouldn't make me sound so stupid. Oh, you're right. She wouldn't. (laughs) Thanks to everybody who contributed to the A-State Day of Giving. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. If you're calling someone pretending to be someone else, the worst number to dial is the person you're impersonating. (laughs) The Pierce County Sheriff's Office in Washington State is warning people about a scam caller who's pretending to be their own sergeant, Darren Moss. And the scam came to their attention because Darren received a call himself from the caller pretending to be Darren. The caller says they have to discuss an urgent legal matter with you and eventually the They'll ask you for money to pay fines or even gift cards. They haven't caught the perpetrator yet, but Darren is reminding citizens that no public official is going to call you and ask for money over the phone. And if you're unsure, just call their main line directly, not the number the caller tells you to call. Yeah, that's crazy. Speaking of trying to scam someone, what do you call a scam artist walking down the stairs? Oh my gosh, what do you call a scam artist walking down the stairs? Condescending. Get it? No. I get it. And there's even more proof that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. 
Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Ah, Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today, Wednesday, April the 12th of 2023. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Connor McDaniel of Jonesboro, who turns 10 years old today. Caden Kelly of Jonesboro is turning 7. We have Jace Lang of Paragould turning 12 years old today. Camden Williams of Westside is turning 17, so happy birthday, Camden. Lake Townsley of Jonesboro celebrates Sierra Devine from Tuckerman has a birthday today. Seth Andrews of Paragould is celebrating. We have April West Miller of Jonesboro who celebrates today. Carrie Knight of Jonesboro is celebrating. And how cool is this? Carrie's daughter is having a birthday today as well. Happy birthday to Samantha Hollis of Jonesboro who celebrates today as well. Happy birthday, y'all. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say... Happy birthday to all y'all, and you celebrate with these celebrities. Happy birthday to Jesse James Decker. She is 35 today. She works out. You think? Jesse James Decker is turning 35 today. Another Decker, Brooklyn Decker, is 36. Of course, you know her from Sports Illustrated, and she's also married to tennis star Andy Roddick. And the yellow bathing suit out of the water. What I remember. Do you remember this, the movie? Not, not a clue. Okay. Just remember the trailer. Happy birthday to Brendan Yuri. He's 36, the lead singer of Panic at the Disco. How about this? Brendan Yuri, 36. Happy birthday to Easton Corbin. He's 41 today. Baby, we Easton Corbin celebrating. Happy birthday to Claire Dane. She's 44 today. That's Carrie on Homeland. Happy birthday to Shannon Doherty, who is 52. That was uh, Brenda Walsh on 90210. Happy birthday to David Letterman. He's 76 today. Oh, Brandon, your boy, Ed O'Neill, is 77 today. He's on Modern Family and married with children. Al freaking Bundy. Uh Happy birthday, Ed O'Neill. Love that show. And happy birthday today to one of our favorites. Vince Gill is 66 today. Happy birthday to Vince Gill. Vince Gill is turning 66 today. Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Vince Gill, who turns 66 today. Happy birthday, Vince. Hope you have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by the man who Taylor Swift is turning to after her breakup (laughs) with Joe Alwyn. Family. He's gonna be your Frankenstein. Frankenstein. I got one thing you 
Dr. Shane's Bites. Dr. Shane's Bites. Dr. Shane's Bites. He is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. He is Dr. Shane Spites. What's up, man? Oh, bless her heart. That was a good one. I mean, you know, we were on the phone forever last night, (laughs) you know. And then she's like, oh, hang on a second. I got to go back on stage and make $16 million. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, hey, I get it. (laughs) I I heard even Dr. Shane Spites can't afford tickets to go see Taylor Swift. (laughs) No, uh, not not even the nosebleed. I'm going to wait. Wait for it to come out on Netflix or something. Exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, first of all, it's great to see you supporting Arkansas State at the A-State Day of Giving out there on the campus. Good to see you all dressed up. And, no, I'm glad to see you guys out there. and appreciate the work that you're doing. You know, um, and I think we talked about this a little bit. I don't think people recognize really how, I mean, I know some people do, obviously, how, how important higher ed institutions, colleges, and universities are to a community and what a game changer they can be. I mean, I know we talked about this. The medical school, NYIT, would not be here without Arkansas State. You would not have a medical school in this region of the state really making the impact that we are if A-State hadn't gone on in that endeavor. There's so many things that you can just look at and count around the community, around the state, and around the region that would not have happened. I mean, we're getting a vet school. Yeah. Um, Todd Shields is doing a great job of pushing things forward and being innovative and I think that really the the best things are yet to come. So I think it's important that we support our our local institutions, universities. Yeah, the Chancellor Todd Shields is also doing a great job pushing the weights. He's been he's been pumping some iron this morning. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's pretty strong. We're going to have an arm wrestling contest soon. Do you know that? <laughs> That's no, Brandon's. I want I want to I want to have a tip on that. that. <laughs> Brandon's whole goal in life is to get his biceps bigger than than Doctor Todd Shields. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, we text about that on a fairly regular basis. Uh, so we talked to Dr. Shane Spites, and it's all about doc talk and things that are kind of um, you know happening in the medical community, things that can keep us healthier. Kelly had, uh, had a question for you uh, that she wanted to kind of ask, something she's heard about on a podcast that uh, – do you want to explain it? In your terms, probably better than my terms. I'll try to explain it. Yeah. So several women my age, and I'm I am in the um, <clears throat> mid forties. Uh, they Oof. are having some type of. I've been hearing about some type of procedure they're having where they don't have to have a cycle anymore. And so I was wondering if I am not planning on having any more kids and all that kind of stuff. Is this something that I could do so I didn't have to have that monthly, you know, fun time happen? Or uh, is it something that um, obviously I'm being sarcastic, Brandon, (laughs) um, or is it something that it's you need to let nature take take its course because there's some kind of bad benefit to our bad things that can happen? Okay, so. So you're talking about, obviously, the monthly menstrual cycle, yes. and you're talking about, okay, hey, I'm at an age where I'm not going to have any more kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, you know, this is, things are over in terms of that category right. for me. Uh, do I really have to keep doing this every month? Right. And so there there are procedures, and um, really what you're talking about is something called endometrial ablation. That's and what that is, okay. is, and the endometrium is the inner lining of the uterus, and that's really, that's what builds up and sloughs off. You know, once a month, that's mm-hmm. what causes your, your menstrual cycle, and it's triggered by hormones. Hormones actually regulate that. There is um, there are some procedures that are that are in place, and there's actually something called we call first generation, second generation um, procedures that are 
that are endometrial ablation are basically they thin out or take out that lining of the uterus. Now, I'll let me caution you on this. It okay. depends on what you read, but but most of the stuff that I'm familiar with, you don't really undergo this just because you don't want a menstrual cycle anymore. Okay. Typically, women will do this because they start to have irregular bleeding, uh-huh. or they have, you know, hey, I'm having heavier bleeding now, or now that I'm I'm getting into that that age where my hormones are, you know, not as regular. Now mm-hmm. I'm bleeding like two or three times a month, or you know, now I'm spotting, you know, quite a bit. And so there's a there is an opportunity to to have something called endometrial ablation done, and there's different different types of it. Um, and so a lot of the newer or second generation forms of this use like like a hot water, uh, laser, uh, cryotherapy, um, some type of, of energy, um, you know, to, to kind of ablate or kind of destroy that lining in the attempt to keep the inside of the, of the uterus from, from bleeding once a month. Now, hmm. they're not absolute. They're not, they're not absolute at all. As a matter of fact, there's a percentage of women that will still have some amount of bleeding even after that procedure. Gotcha. Um, and so you just, you got to be careful about this. Obviously, this is a, a detailed conversation yeah. to have with your physician in terms of, hey, am I a candidate for this? Mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. When you, and there was actually an article of a, um, that came out back in, in December, December of 22, that looked at how well does it work. And so, like, compared to, so, I mean, we use hormone therapy now to control menstrual cycles, and there's, there's um, actually hormone therapy that can, that can keep you from having menstrual cycles, mm-hmm. um, and that's, you know, in a pill form. Um, and so we already have those things available, but when we compare those types of treatments versus the, uh, the endometrial ablation, they looked at, um, let me look, so there's 12 different randomized studies, so 12 studies, and they compared oral therapy versus the surgical and they found that in the and they, they had two different groups of women, women that chose the just the pill form and then women chose the surgical form. About fifty eight, so almost sixty eight percent of the women that were that were in the pill group, they switched over and did the surgery within about two years. Hmm. And so they opted to, to move so basically their symptoms weren't controlled through the oral therapy. And for those that um, in terms of the follow up period, those that underwent the endometrial ablation or underwent the surgery. That was pretty effective for heavy menstrual bleeding, okay. and they followed up at about four to six months out. Um, so for, for women that are having, uh, that are, again, past the, the stage where they don't want to have children, that are having heavy or irregular uh, menstrual cycles, this is absolutely an option for them okay. to be able to do that. And it, it's fairly effective. And it's, it's not 100%, mm-hmm. um, but it's pretty high. I want to say 90-something percent um, of women actually have, have good results. Uh, from that from that therapy um, after it's done. So, some right. still have some bleeding afterwards, but even those individuals, for the most part, um, it's a lot less than what they were dealing with. Does All that make right. sense? It does, yeah. So, Shane, if I believe I am past the age of having more children, is there anything you could help me with? Oh, 100%. As a matter of fact, I can schedule you on Friday yes. for this little snip-sip procedure, <laughs> and I can 100%. We can absolutely take care of that. We're going it's a, live. I mean, <laughs> no, it's we're a, not. I guess, Brandon, technically it's a relatively small procedure. <laughs> oh! <laughs> ouch. Yeah, ouch. Hey, uh, do you do that procedure? Have you done that before? Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was trained in that procedure. I've oh. not done one in a long time. But, you know, eh, it's like a bicycle. Talk to you on Friday. <laughs> he wants to practice. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if I want to put that uh, that little um, operation in your hands. They're just going to give you some laughing gas. Okay, I just heard that.
Uh, uh. All right. Did you bring us anything above the waist? <laughs> anything above the waist? Actually, um, th- now this is not what you think it is, but okay. I want you to. Uh, I'm gonna throw it out there. Have you ever heard of what? An, have you ever heard of an earworm? Uh, an oh, earworm. Gosh. Well, I've heard about that in music, where something gets stuck in your like. All of a sudden, you love a song, but are you talking about like a real earworm? I have a feeling he. Is. No, oh. you're exactly right. You're okay. exactly right, okay. Brandon. Okay. An earworm. That's exactly right. So something, so in the, in the music, on the music side, is something like a song that gets stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. And so for some individuals, this actually can be very um, anxiety-provoking. Like you just can't, like you can't get it out of your head. Right. Um, and so they actually did a study on earworms and found out that um, for individuals that have a lot of it, so basically it's like, this is something like I just can't, like weekly, Several times a week, I get a song. Usually, it's a piece of a song stuck in my head. Those individuals uh, are more likely to have OCD symptoms. Okay, that makes wow. sense. But they give strategies in terms of how to alleviate that. And so, one of the strategies is, you know, like you hear this snippet of a song, continue on in your head and sing the rest of the song. You know, that's right. one of the strategies actually to get it out of your head. Um, but there are some if it's um, and obviously somebody would do this already, if it's a snippet of the song that stays in your head for more than, I think it was 24 to 48 hours, like you just can't get it out, yep. and they said that you actually ought to call your physician. And, and really? Them. Yeah, for, if it persists more than 24 hours, or, and this is strange too, but some earworms are actually associated with um, with symptoms like seizures. Oh my goodness! Nice. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. so I, it can be a real, it can be a visual changes, uh, or it can be visual loss, changes in speech, things like that. There's a couple things, and I've I've started a new deal where I change out words and songs. I sing it almost like it is, but then I change some of the words. Like yeah, it's not a new deal. And like there's a deal. You know our friend Don Lair from Family Zinc. I told her yeah, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. There's that song, Kane and Caitlin Brown. Thank God, right? Thank God. But I've changed yeah. that song to Thank Don. Yeah. It's like Thank Don. For giving oh. us the breakfast club. And, and look, there's look. also the new Jelly Roll song, which is I Need a Favor. And I've changed that to I Only Talk to Don When I Need a Favor. <laughs> and Don, I Need a Favor. Oh, that's great. Those stick in my head. I've been singing those for weeks. Well, Do I need to call well, another doctor? Yes. No, I was going to say, let me be clear. Most of these are harmless. So I don't want people to freak out and think, oh my gosh, I get a song stuck in my head. There's something wrong with me. Well, you that's told the wrong true. person. The vast majority of these are harmless and part of a normal, healthy brain. It's when it becomes anxiety-provoking, when it's something that you just can't get out of your head and it persists for a, for a significant amount of time. That's when you ought to, ought to seek, uh, seek outside guidance. One more At thing. That, that's per the American Academy of Neurology. No, it's interesting. <clears throat> but I have one more thing because uh, the sun is out and it's beautiful. And for the first time of 2023, I was outside with you at the event at Arkansas State. And I realized when I got home, I had a sunburn on my head and my arms. So last yeah. night I was getting I was getting some tattoo work done and my tattoo artist Cody let me know that hey just so you know your body is fighting the damage that you caused today by the sun. Yes, that, that's it. so there there is no I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because you're right now we're getting this nice weather everybody wants to be outside mm-hmm. really sunscreen you should you should have it on at most any time of the year we just dark we don't spend a lot of time outside when it's cold and so it's less likely to get sunburned but now that you know, it's getting nice. Everybody's doing yard work and things like that. 
Absolutely, you need sunscreen. Uh, for women, a lot of your sunscreen actually can be built into your cosmetics. Yep. Um, so for women, you can get a certain SPF protection. I highly recommend that. But for men, I mean, you can get like the spray on, you can get the lotion. Uh, very much recommend that because that is the most common cancer in the United States yeah. is skin cancer. The most common cancer in the U.S. is skin cancer. Um, and so we very much recommend um, that, that you get one, you know, SPF, sun protection factor, uh, 30 or higher is what's recommended by most uh, dermatologists. Um, the number, the higher number, typically, it's not that it's, that there's more protection, it means there's longer protection. You see, like the SPF 45, the SPF yeah. 50. You know, the protection is the same as maybe an SPF 30, but it's just going to last longer, which most people want if you're going to be outside uh, for a significant amount of time. So, yeah, this is certainly the good reminder. Good reminder, Brandon. Did, did, did your head get burned? Oh, yeah. My head looks like Rudolph's nose right now. Oh. Yep. That's how it starts. That's not good. But yeah, like- but that, 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 red, that red, the red burn itself, is damage, is skin damage, it's inflammation. Mm. One of the things you need to remember, drink lots of water. Your skin really sucks up water when it's, when it's burned or damaged, mm-hmm. and so you got to drink lots of water to help uh, help repair that skin. So that, that so drink lots of water today. What do you say to the people <clears throat> who go and maybe try to get some sun for vitamin D reasons, or maybe it's like something for their psoriasis? Uh, do you believe in that type of therapy? Yeah, no, in general. So let's talk about that, too, because vitamin D, there's very few places you can get vitamin D like in, in your diet through like natural natural forms. Now we've got, you know, vitamin D is fortified in cereals and milk and things like that. But true vitamin D is only like a handful of different fruits or, or excuse me, different vegetables and places you can get that. We get most of our vitamin D as humans through sunlight. Mm-hmm. And and I know I'm gonna sound like I'm I'm, I'm doing a one eighty on you. Um sunscreen actually blocks vitamin D absorption. Oh wow! Okay, that's interesting. But but hang on, you only need about fifteen minutes between fifteen to thirty minutes of of, of sunlight hitting your directly hitting your skin to get your daily vitamin D dose. Okay. So for most people, that's walking, you know, to and from your car when you're going to work or out to get the mail or you know around the neighborhood. This is why another reason why we say, hey, look, just from an exercise standpoint, if you'll just walk your neighborhood once a day, you know, you know, fifteen thirty minutes a day. Number one, it's great exercise for you. Number two, you're getting good, uh, you know, outside of fresh air, and you're getting your vitamin D dose for the day. Yeah. So, that, so you don't need a lot of sunlight to get your daily vitamin D dose. I think people, you know, misunderstand that. It's really only about 15 to 20, 15 to 30 minutes. And see, I love, like, the, the walk thing has become something I really look forward to because, you know, I have a good little neighborhood to do that in, and there's, like, shaded areas, a little bit of sunlight areas. And to me, it's kind of like just thinking time to be out there on that walk. You know that, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that too. That so I have that conversation with patients a lot. They say, "Well, you know, I I walk a lot to class, Doctor Spies, and that doesn't that count as my physical activity?" And it's like, well, it's different. When we talk about structured, you know, designated time, and you already hit the nail on the head, your mind can go in a different direction. You can unwind. You can think through issues. You can um, you know, really you can kind of clear the space, so to speak. You're not thinking of, "Hey, I'm getting I'm late to class," or "I've got this assignment due in five minutes," or "I've got." You know, you don't, you don't, that's not what's in front of you. So, yes, there's physical activity when someone parks their car and walks to class, but it's a different, there's a different approach when we talk about structured exercise that goes along even beyond the physical activity.
We learn stuff every single Wednesday, y'all. He is Dr. Feelgood himself. He is Dr. Shane Spites, the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University. And Shane, as always, we appreciate you taking time to chat with us, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, guys, and uh, look forward to seeing you on Friday, Brandon. All right. Oh, snip, snip. Oh, yeah. Snip, snip. All right. See you then. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This is the K Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show now. Back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by Allie Blocker and Lainey Oliver, who are here to talk about Nettleton East and the Touch a Truck event that happens this coming Saturday. Good morning, Allie and Lainey. How are you guys? We're good. So uh, you're early to school, right? You had to get to school early because of us. Yes. But it's for good reasoning. Okay. I was going to say, are you upset with us today? <laughs> no. no. They're getting out of class. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you guys want this interview to go on for a long time now, right? Yeah, two hours. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> hey, let's talk about Nettleton East, and uh, this is a program at Nettleton High School. Uh, for people who don't know what the East program is, can one of you kind of explain what East is and what makes it so special? So East is a project-based learning, and I think what makes it special is that we just get to go out and help our community with using technology, and we just get to do different things in our community. And I think it's cool for you all to have the opportunity to kind of, you know, put together events and lead events and be kind of in charge of things. And even like doing this, where, you know, you guys are responsible for putting together the media and all that kind of stuff. I think that that's a great experience for high school students. So, yes, I think so, too. I think it helps you figure out um, different jobs and career paths you can go down in the future. So this Touch a Truck event, and I remember years and years ago, and you guys can you can probably tell me how long it's been happening, but my son went when he was probably about five years old, had the best time yeah. out there. He came back, and he wanted to be a garbage man. He yep. wanted to drive uh, one of the garbage trucks, be a sanitation engineer. Uh, so tell us about Touch a Truck and what's going to be happening this weekend. Okay, so Touch a Truck has been going on for seven years since 2015. Um, the date is April 15th. It'll be held at the NEA Baptist Clinic parking lot um, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And it's this big event for kids to come out to look at trucks, um, look at different other vehicles. Like we've got emergency, utility, construction, landscaping. And these kids get to get in these vehicles and check them out. There'll be games for the kids to do and free food also. I just remember as as a kid how excited I was to be able to stand on the side of a fire truck. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Because I thought, you know, I see these things going down the road, and they looked bigger than life. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm right there mm-hmm. on it getting my photo taken, uh, which I think is going to be really special that you guys get, get to experience the joy of kids having those experiences. Yeah, that's definitely the best part is seeing their smiles when they get in these trucks, and they're so excited. It's so much fun. So again, this event happens this coming Saturday from uh, eleven and, from ten until one at NEA Baptist and on the main campus. Uh, let's talk about why you put this together because this ends up being a fundraiser for a part of NEA Baptist and the Charitable Foundation, right? Yeah. So all of the proceeds go to Hope Circle, and they're a cancer support center. They help to improve the quality of life of those affected by cancer through activity and building community. 
So when we come out, let's say we bring the family out to touch a truck this weekend, uh, and we're making donations. You guys are raising money for NEA Baptist and Hope Circle. Uh, how are we going about making those donations? Um, so each person, it's five dollars for them, and then a family of twenty plus—not no. twenty plus, sorry—for <laughs> five plus is twenty dollars, and then children under two are free. Again, it's a great event to take your family to. It's happening this coming Saturday from 10 until 1 at the NEA Baptist Clinic. It's Touch a Truck put together by Nettleton High School and the East Program. Allie and Laney, we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us this morning. Well, thank you for having us. All right. Have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by our friend who just so happens to be a clinical psychologist. Dr. Dana Watson from Family Zinc Counseling Services joins us in studio this morning. How are you? Good morning, friends. I'm good. How are y'all? Good. Hey, I love the fact that right when you walk in the door, because I can tell you're comfortable with us now. It's like first interviews, nobody really knows what to think because they've heard us and they're a little bit like, oh my gosh. And then now that we know Dana pretty well, she comes in and roasts me for the fact that my head is red. It's the greatest. I love it. That is a that is a new level of comfort. That's it true. Is. That's true. <laughs> when you can walk right in and be like, hey, you know what? You look silly today. We're like yeah. family now. Uh-huh. But is it pretty obvious that I did not realize the sun was out? It's. It is obvious mm. that you did not wear your sunscreen, but mm. I think the color looks great. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll, Don't pay, tell for him that. you'll pay for it later. No, I know. You know. So this morning I was trying to, because I knew we'd probably take pictures in studio today. I'm like, let me just go ahead and shave the head a little bit. I don't know, and and you guys probably have never had to experience it, but trying to shave over a sunburn you know, is have. not oh, good. We know what that's like. We've shaved our legs yes. when they were oh. burned. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, not fun, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, so we have a topic that we wanted to discuss with Dr. Dana. And we were talking to Don Lair yesterday about how much uh, just talking to you all has helped me over the years. And Don was like, yeah, the, the reason it's helped you so much is because you're getting free therapy on the radio. Yeah, it's true. You've had like five years of therapy live in front of the public. Yep. Uh, but there was something that we were talking about, which is um, apologies. Yep. And I would assume that there are a lot of people who are hearing us this morning who would think that maybe their significant other is not very good at apologizing. I imagine that's true. I thought maybe I should tag a bunch of people on Facebook. Ooh, let's do it. <laughs> like just people I know off the top of I'm my gonna head. I'm going to go right now. <laughs> See, I have made the joke, and really it's not that much of a joke. I hope she's not uh, listening right now. Well, to start the session, we're going to have Brandon apologize to me. To you. Yeah, for uh, me just having to work What a with wonderful you. way to jump in. <laughs> I apologize for another. Uh-huh. No, but like I've told my wife, I'm like, oh, this might be the first time you've apologized to me in 15 years. Brandon. Oh, oh you're dead. That's the worst <laughs> thing dead. to possibly say. Is that is that poor uh, psychology? Would you not recommend me saying something like that? Next week, we'll talk about divorce. Oh, <laughs> that's terrible. I'll be here. All right. <laughs> we have a new course leader. <laughs> okay. Yep. Expert. All right. So uh, let's talk about apologies. And you know how sometimes someone tries to apologize and, and maybe the apology doesn't really, maybe it doesn't land, right? It doesn't really seem all that sincere or kind of, and I would assume my wife would say this, she gets a sense that maybe I'm just trying to be done with the situation, hmm. uh, that we're trying to move on. We're just trying to get past it. So do you think there are bad ways that we apologize, maybe even more so for guys. Do we apologize in a bad way? Uh, and is there a way that you guys can figure out that we're maybe not being all that sincere? 
Yeah, I mean, there are definitely ways I think you can make a situation worse with a bad apology, right? You know, like some people make statements like, well, I'm sorry, but you... And then they sh- they try to shift the right. blame from themselves to other people. Or they might say something like, well, I'm sorry if you felt offended, which really kind of even brings into question if whatever they did was wrong mm-hmm. or if the other person's reality is crazy, mm-hmm. oh, you no. know, and then and then just really vague apologies <laughs> when they say things like, well, I'm sorry for what happened without any kind of ownership mm-hmm. for what they actually did to hurt you yeah. or to offend you. Well, that kind of hits because I think that's in my playbook. I think I probably am the guy who says, well, I'm sorry if you feel this way. Right, right. And that's really probably not the best way to do this. But you would think probably that learning how to apologize is pretty much a great interpersonal uh, skill that we need to learn that could maybe fix relationships. Am I right with that? Yes, absolutely. Restore trust maybe. Uh, How can we learn? How can I learn? Because I'll be honest, I'm probably not very good at it. How can we learn to apologize better? Okay, the good news is it is a skill that you can learn. And if you um, recognize that you may need to learn it or mm-hmm. to improve on your apologies and you're genuinely interested in in improving your connection or your relationships with other people, then it's it's actually like a pretty simple skill to get started. And so basically you'll start by acknowledging what you did wrong mm-hmm. and then you take responsibility for it. You avoid making excuses or blaming other people and if you hear yourself doing that you just stop you know you can stop and say wait just a minute let me start over this is something I really am working on it's important to me and I want to start over with the I'm sorry and and you know the essence of an apology is to truly understand how your your actions have impacted the other person and you want to put yourself in their shoes so that you can better understand why they are upset so it's really about having like personal empathy for people. So I guess it's kind of difficult. Uh, you know, we don't ever probably intend, most of us don't intend to say something hurtful or do something hurtful, but uh, sometimes things happen. So really what we're supposed to do is to try to understand how the other person is feeling and honor those feelings, give them empathy for those feelings. Yes. Sympathy. I think that's a great point. Most of the time when we hurt other people or offend other people it really isn't designed to be purposeful Mm -hmm. now sometimes it is but most of the time it's just something that we did inadvertently so from the spirit of that comes the apology you know you really didn't mean to offend them or you really didn't want them to be hurt so allowing them to express their feelings and their thoughts about what happened without getting defensive or without interrupting really allows them to feel heard and to feel validated. That's a great first step. Mm -hmm. And then showing that you do understand the impact of your actions and a genuine apology, like I am sorry for, and then whatever specifically they are telling you hurt them or Mm -hmm. offended them um, is the next step. Really asking them, is there something else that I can do to make this right? You know, because sometimes it's just the apology that's needed. And sometimes there might be some kind of reparations or or, um, action that you need to take to help them feel better. And then finally, and I'll say probably as important as all the other steps, if not more, is being committed to follow through. So if you say, I'm sorry for something, you want to you want to learn from that mistake. You want to understand that you hurt them and not continue to do that same behavior. Right. That makes sense. 
Dr. Dana Watson from Families Inc. is in studio with us this morning. Uh, most of us have gone through and had to make apologies. Most of us, you know, maybe we're not that good at it. But I guess it's good to know that, uh, you know, there's, there's a skill that we can learn, that we can become better at that. Uh, why do you think so many of us might have trouble learning to apologize? Why is that something that some of us might struggle with? Well, a lot of us are not great right off the bat admitting that we're wrong, mm-hmm. because when you admit that you're wrong or that you hurt somebody else, you have to really be vulnerable and you can feel pretty emotionally exposed. And that can be uncomfortable and it can be scary. And, and people are afraid sometimes of the consequences of apologizing. You know, what will the other person's reaction be? Mm-hmm. Or will they think less of me or will other people think less of me if I admit my mistakes? And this fear can be even more strong when it's like a high stakes professional relationship or personal relationship. So in situations like that, there's there's probably people who grew up in situations or in family environments where apologies weren't uh, maybe dished out all that often. Maybe it wasn't a very important part of that. And I think based on, you know, we all have individual ego and and self-esteem. Most of us don't want to say, oh, I really messed this one up. I don't really know what I'm doing here. I, I apologize because I did something wrong. Uh, but I think it's it's hard for a lot of us to just be that vulnerable. Even with the people we love, it's kind of tough to expose that side of us. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because depending on how you're raised, you might have a hard time apologizing because you've not seen that behavior modeled for other people. Right excuse me, by other people. And you might not have learned to be a good empathizer. Your parents or your caregivers may not have stressed that in your home. Um, And maybe that you just weren't taught to understand how your actions affect other people, you know, more self-focused than other focused. And so in in those cases, sometimes people don't see the need for an apology Mm -hmm. um, and they just don't understand the importance of taking responsibility for their own actions. Well, because most people, they've created the narrative in their lives that that they're right in the situation. And it doesn't matter if other people from the outside see it differently mm-hmm. because in their mind where they live, they've, they've created that situation. Sure. I think that's the same. So let's say it's that, you know, we're talking a lot and probably aiming a lot of that at, you know, personal relationships, but let's take it to even a different level. And let's say it's the workplace, mm-hmm. it, it's coworkers. And, you know, when you work with people every single day, there's going to be issues. There's going to be things that happen. And maybe there's time uh, that you need to issue an apology uh, at work because we're trying to navigate the, these weird personal relationships and professional relationships. Relationships. So if somebody's in a situation like that in the workplace, how do you advise them to apologize to a coworker? Well, workplace relationships and apologies can be even more difficult. You know, I mean, it can it can be a little more challenging because of the professional element. But again, these relationships are so vital to our um, our relationships with coworkers and our clients and our colleagues. So when you make a mistake at work, just like when you make a mistake in your personal life, the first thing that you should do is apologize as quickly as possible right. because a delayed apology or no apology at all really can make the situation so much worse and cause longer term damage um, with those people. <clears throat> so again, just be specific about what you're apologizing for and acknowledge the impact of your behavior um, and take responsibility for it. Show that you understand that they were affected by what you did or what you said. Um, And sometimes it's just as easy as saying things like, I can see how what I said or what I did might have caused some confusion. And I'm really sorry that that happened. Or I can see, um, I can understand that 
uh, what I did or what I said might have been frustrating to you. So let me apologize and then let's start back over. And when you apologize, always, again, offer a solution um, for how you might make amends and then continue to make that behavior change going forward so they understand that you are committed to being a better partner in whatever relationship you're in. Well, I think it's also important to to just know that you're trying to push things forward. And maybe sometimes you, you feel differently, but you just need to get that out there, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're not always good. I think sometimes we have to apologize when we don't even 100% believe that we need to apologize. Oh, I think that's true. And I think that's in a lot of cases. And that's what goes back to empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, so if someone else... Um, is telling you well let me start here a lot of times people don't know if they need to be better at apologizing and they'll Mm -hmm. say like i assume that i'm fine but i i would challenge you to think about your relationships with your coworkers or your family and say, do I hear that I'm not good at apologizing? Because <laughs> yeah, right. that will tell you right off the bat. If the people that you love and that are in, you're in relationship with um, are telling you that you're not a good apologizer or that you, or you don't hear yourself ever apologize, or if you know that you only apologize after someone else has apologized first and you right. just kind of dovetail on that, <laughs> then that's your first key that this can be a skill that you can learn. But it is a skill, as you mentioned, that we can learn and we can become good at it if we work at it. Yes. But we need to have the knowledge. You have to, you have, to have the knowledge and you have to be um, honest with yourself, you know, depending on how important these relationships are to you and depending on how much you want to continue to grow as a human um, and and model that behavior for other people. Um, I think that this is a skill that we can begin practicing now. I mean, mm. you literally can get comfortable saying the words in the mirror or in the car. I'm sorry I hurt you. That was not my intention. Can I apologize to you? Can I can I take responsibility for that so we can repair our relationship? I mean, just rehearsing those simple phrases takes a lot of the fear out of it right. for when you actually need it. And I think that's one of the things we enjoy when we have the chance to chat with you is because – and people we hear from, from different listeners who hear things and maybe there's somebody who feels, hey, I need to apologize for something. I might not even think I really did wrong, but this is affecting somebody else. And again, the empathy, I think that's such a, that's such a great word to say is we have empathy for the others. And it's something that we can learn. We can learn to express genuine remorse and make amends and you know commit to making a change. And I appreciate you taking the time to come in because hopefully you know there's somebody who – who needs to maybe issue that apology today. That's right. I think a lot of us will leave our phone lines open today in case people feel convicted <laughs> yeah. and they want to call us and apologize for whatever. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. High school friends, whatever. And I always tell people every time we talk about, you know, I hear from somebody who's like, man, I'm kind of going through a thing. I always recommend Families Inc. Because number one, again, and we joke about it, but I've almost had five years of radio therapy mm-hmm. because of Families Inc. live in front of everybody. And I get to work on a lot of different aspects of myself. Some that I think, you know, I know needed work and I knew they needed work and some that I didn't realize. Yeah. You know, yeah. some things like, oh, wow. Maybe that is me. Yeah. Um, nothing better. Nothing better to me personally than when something resonates mm-hmm. with you and you yeah. go like, wow, that is me. And I can do so. I can really do something mm-hmm. to improve that area. Because all of us should have the want to be better. I certainly hope so. I mean, there's nothing more important than our relationships. So mm-hmm. anytime we can find a simple um, way to improve, what's what's better than that? 
And if somebody is out there and maybe it's you and you're listening this morning and you're like, I need help with relationships. I need help with maybe the traumatic issues that we've seen in the media or traumatic things that we've dealt with personally. Families Inc. has locations all around Northeast Arkansas. You can find out more by calling 870-933-6886. That's 870-933-6886 or go to familiesinc.net. Dr. Dana Watson, she's a clinical psychologist, and she is the smartest person in the room. <laughs> Which ain't well, saying I'm that much. The, nope. I'm, not the, I'm not the reddest. That's <laughs> oh. for sure. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Dana Watson from Families, Inc. on the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the head coach of A-State football. Coach Butch Jones joins us on the phone this morning. And, Coach, I guess we just now pulled you out of your staff meeting. Well, you did, but, you know, always time to talk to you guys and appreciate all you do. And it's kind of an exciting time right now. We're in the conclusion of spring ball right now. We have one week left. And uh, it's a pivotal, it's a vital week for us as we continue to progress with this football team. So I think the main thing in this last week is staying focused on our development, seeing which individuals want to compete on a daily basis, and really continuing to build what we've kind of deemed it as the DNA of our football team. And We really defined it, Brandon, in four areas, our toughness, our connection, our connectivity as a football team, our resiliency, and then our composure in moving forward. So I like what I see right now. Uh, not pleased yet where we're at, but also not disappointed. I think probably to summarize it generally is it's work in progress. But I do like this football team. Um, you know, they're starting to speak our language. They're kind of starting to, to look like we want them to look like. Um, you know, they're starting to practice the way we want them to practice. So the culture and everything is in set. Now it's ready. Just continuing to learn how to play winning football and continue to work on those four parts of our DNA. So I think I know you pretty well. And um, the fact that, and I don't, I don't think I ever realized this before, and I've known football coaches, you know, basically the whole time I've done radio, but the amount of pressure that you put on yourself, and I'm not talking about putting the pressure on, you know, your other coaches. It's really pressure that you self-inflict on Butch Jones. Uh, is there ever going to be a point where we talk to you and you say, hey, this team is there? Or is there always going to be something that needs to be tweaked to take them to that next step? Well, I think there's always something to be tweaked. You know, it's all about your principles and your values and what guides you every day. And, you know, every day you fight, you know, human complacency. Mm -hmm. And again, we have a lot of work to do. We knew when we came here, you know, the, the, just to be very transparent is very unstable. Now we've kind of corrected that. We have some stability in the program. Um, you know, everybody knows, uh, the expectations, um, and then how we recruit as well. And I think the other thing is is to continue to build this program, we got to continue to stack recruiting classes upon recruiting classes. But uh, no, I don't think there's ever any let up, and you have to be internally driven. And, uh, you know, there's a responsibility that I have as a head football coach to, you know, our student body, our administration, to our great fan base, to everyone associated with Arkansas State football to get this thing the way we want it to get to and in, in what it looks like. So that's the exciting thing. But, no, you can never let up. It's always something, you know, as we conclude spring practice, 
we were talking earlier, now a whole nother journey in the recruiting process begins with the transfer portal, which opens up on April 15th. So mm-hmm. that'll be a whole nother recruiting deal. And that's why it's important with the spring game. It's another evaluation tool for us to see, you know, which individuals can contribute to this football team. And then, you know, how can we improve this football team? If there's anyone out there that kind of meets our standard and our criteria in the transfer portal as well. It's so wild because, I, I mean, we think about, you know, a lot of people saw the the last football game that you played at home of the season and, and they kind of move on. They get back into their lives. They get ready for football coming up in September. Literally, I was with you one week after the final home game and it was already time to start bringing in recruits. We were doing recruiting events. People were going to your house, all these different things that were happening. And I thought that, you know, by the time we got to the first of the year, the holidays, it was going to be over. From what I'm seeing, coach, this is continuing all the way into April. Well, recruiting is nonstop, you know, and the the evolution of our program and the constant growing is nonstop. But, you know, right now, you know, that's kind of the way of the world with recruiting right now is it's nonstop. We had a number of, on Easter Sunday, we had a number of official visitors coming in here that are currently in the portal. So it was Easter Sunday, and I'm sitting in my office meeting with families, which, wow. you know, I enjoy that part of it. I enjoy getting to know these individuals. But you know, it's like I've told every recruit is, you know, you're you're looking to see if you want to come here, but actually we're looking to see if you're a fit for our program. And we have a lot to sell here, and we have great people here, but uh, it's nonstop, and that's the way it is to get us where we want to go. Recruiting, you have to work at it every single day. And we talk about people. Uh, we had the radio show on Monday night at Lost Pizza, and I tell you what, the energy, the excitement, um, it was standing room only. It was like we were getting ready for the first game of the year. So I appreciate everyone coming out and really the positive energy right now that we have, not only behind our football program, but really our entire athletic department as well. Hey, when you're talking to recruits and their families specifically, and you're trying to sell the value of Arkansas State compared to other schools, what do you see as some of the things that we offer that maybe they might not get somewhere else? Well, I think there's a lot of things that go into it, and every individual is differently in what they're looking at. But, you know, obviously we sell the great city of Jonesboro, this community, the importance of football, um, our fan base, the passion, the energy. Obviously we have great facilities here. And then the total development, you know, there's a lot to sell. And then I think, you know, it's a history of, of putting guys in the National Football League, especially when you get into the transfer portal and these individuals are older and they're looking for an opportunity to come in and play right away. But so, you know, we, we have a selling point of, of you know, creating NFL-ready type players. Uh, we have a great video that we show of all the players. We have 64 players right now that we recruited and coached that are in the National Football League. You know, we sell their growth and development. We sell the, you know, we're ready to win now. And, uh, you know, everything in life is about being at the right place at the right time. And Arkansas State is the right place at the right time. But there's a lot of things to sell. But really, at the end of the day, it comes down to people and how you can create value for them on a daily basis. 
Coach Butch Jones joins us this morning, the head coach of A-State football. Uh, before we get to the spring game, and I want to hear how this is going to kind of lay out on Saturday, uh, walk me through kind of how you're feeling as you look at this team headed into the spring game compared to what we saw last fall because there's been turnover. There's new players here. There's there's people that have gone away, some on their own, some that maybe it was just time for them to go. Uh, when you're in a situation like this, evaluating from the fall to the spring, how do you feel you've done from essentially, I guess, November, December to April? Well, it's night and day. And uh, like I said, they're, they're starting to look like we want them to look. They're starting to practice the way we want them to practice. Uh, you know, still have some deficiencies that we're going to need to improve. And we're going to have to have a great summer, obviously. But I like this football team. I like the leadership. Um, it's very, very important to them. And it's been a strenuous offseason. We've put them through a lot of things. And we have to make sure that we have people here that are committed to the same values and principles that we're, that we value. And, you know, the opportunity to, to play and play winning football and what goes into it. So, you know, when you've had to change a culture, it starts with a mindset. It starts with ownership. You know, we've talked about, do you rent or do you own the program? Do you rent or you own the community? And I think the other thing in moving forward, and you asked about what we have to sell, and I talked about the community. I think for us to move this entire athletic program forward, and particularly our football team, we have to be more of a community-driven football team. And I've challenged our football team with that. And I'm going to challenge our fan base, too. We really need you to come out and support this football team at 215 this Saturday because we're going to have a number of uh, high-profile recruits in across the country. They're coming in to really look at it. Our goal is to have 10,000 people. We've tried to make it a family activity. We have our first annual cornhole tournament as well. But this is very important to us. But, you know, we've made we've tried to make it a point to really get our players out in the community uh, throughout the course of the winter, going to all the elementary schools, uh, being there to greet the play the the kids when they get out of the, the cars with their parents, you know this week we've been incredibly busy. We've been to the Jonesboro Montessori School. We've been to Annie Camp Junior High. We've been to University Heights Medical Academy and Elementary. We're at the Wind Donation Center, you know. So we've helped with car drop off. We've done recess with the Red Wolves. Uh, we've done a lot. So hopefully, you know, our investment in the community is very important because that's a big deal to us. So coach mentioned the A-State Pack Day, which happens this coming Saturday. The A-State uh, Cornhole Classic is going to be happening. It goes early in the morning. There's going to be a hijinks kid zone. There's going to be food trucks out in the parking lot. There's going to be a gear sale. There is a movie night inside the stadium. There's autographs on the field after the spring game. Uh, but the big main event is the A-State football spring game presented by J-Town's Grill. 2:15 coming up. On Saturday, the weather looks perfect. There's really no excuse. But for, for somebody who hasn't been to a spring game, and I know they're kind of different, and, and sometimes you change the way you're going to operate, what is it going to look like this weekend? Well, it'll be basically a format of a game. It'll be exciting, but it'll be fast. It's not going to be three and a half, four hours. I think the whole spring game will usually last about two hours, maybe a little over two hours. But um, it'll basically be two teams. It'll be our number one defense in two offense compared to our uh, couple going against our number one offense versus our two defense. And then the exciting thing on Thursday is we'll have an organizational draft. 
So uh, Jay Simpson, will, our secondary coach, will be one head coach of one team, and Marcus Lovings, our running back coach, will be a head coach of the other team. And they're going to draft everyone along with the players in the organization. So we'll have the captains. They'll come in. We'll have an NFL-style draft. Mm. And so they'll draft their teams, and, and we'll go and we'll compete for two, two-and-a-half hours. So it's an exciting thing. And then we have a, a lot of friends of the program that come in, and they – they make a great dinner for us on Monday, and the winners have steak and and lobster and shrimp. And then the ones who come up a little bit short, uh, they have hot dogs and beans. So that becomes kind of a fun event as well. Wait, that's not true. Is that really true? That's awesome. That is that. I invite I invite you and Kelly to come and experience it. But you guys are going to have to have to wait in line with the hot dogs okay. and, uh, and beans if that's okay. See, Coach, I obviously it. I am a steak I, person. So <laughs> I knew if I was stuck in any line, it would be the hot dog line. Hey, we appreciate the way you appreciate us, uh, us, Coach. Really appreciate that. Well, we may even be able to sneak you in there a little bit. <laughs> hey, so it's a big day. F- f- give me the final tease, the final reason that that if people are not committed to being there on Saturday, uh, one final appeal from Coach Butch Jones. I think the big thing is we talk about this is going to be a community event. It's going to be great for all the kids with the with the kids zone, and it's just a great opportunity for everyone to come out for two and a half, three hours, kind of enjoy some football, see the progress and the excitement that uh, is surrounding this football team, get to know the, our players on a, on a really first-to-know basis. Being out there, we'll have an autograph session after the game. And what else is there to do in Jonesboro on a beautiful Saturday afternoon? Come out, support Arkansas State football as we continue to grow and build. And like I said, we're a community football team, and this is a big step in being a part of that. I just got a text from Kai, and he's asking me to ask you if there's going to be girls there. Okay. That's not a Kai question, Coach. It's a Brandon question. Yes. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go there, but I guess my question is, are you and Kelly going to be there? Of no doubt. We're going to be there. We're going to be there to support you, man. You know, you guys are outstanding. You guys support us in everything that you do, just like everyone in this community. But again, everything goes into, we talked about recruiting and stacking recruiting classes together and all that. Remember Jackson Daly, when we had our spring game, it was during there. You still had the restrictions with COVID and him and his family came and sat in the stands. We couldn't have any contact with them. And he evaluated our fan base. You know, did they want to be a part of this community? They went to all the different restaurants in town. You know, they asked around, what do you think of Arkansas State football? And that's one of the main reasons why they came here. And so, so much of that, you know, when I talk about it takes a community to really have a recruiting um, class, that's what I'm talking about. We were talking at the A-State Day of Giving. We were on campus yesterday. And one of the things I said on the air, and I think Kelly believes it wholeheartedly as well, you know, if you live in Northeast Arkansas, Arkansas State, the Red Wolves, that's our school, that's our home team, mm-hmm. and that's the reason we need to be there for you this weekend. No question, and that's why we do the things that we do as well uh, in the community, and it's a partnership, it's a family, and uh, again, Jonesboro is very unique, and it's, and it's bonded by great people, so what more to come out on Saturday, and again, I'm excited about this football team. I think everyone's going to see a much improved a much tougher football team. That's the other thing we talked about in our DNA is toughness. And I think they're going to see a, a, a football team that has a lot of energy that is that has grown in the toughness part of it as well.
And again, all this happens coming up on Saturday at the stadium, Centennial Bank Stadium, the Cornhole Classic, the food trucks, the hijinks kid zone, the movie, all that stuff. It's all going to be a really neat event. You can find out more on our website, KFIN.com. Hey, the best part about the spring game is, Coach, it's going to be free, so people just come out and enjoy the day. And here's the other thing. I can make a prediction right now. The Red Wolves will win. Hey! So that's the great thing about coming out as well. Wolves up, Coach. Wolves up. Appreciate your time, and I look forward to seeing you guys on Saturday. All right. See you there, man. Coach Butch Jones joins us this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed. From Vet Care, Wet Nose Wednesday, Doc, the pie that you brought us on Friday, the key lime pie made by your lovely Patty, was perfect. Awesome. So did you have the did chance? You did, did, you, you, did you share it with anybody? Um, no. no. Well, oh, yeah. He shared it, Dr. Reed, with his family. He took it home. <laughs> We we okay. It's like I went to the bathroom and came back. Brandon and the pie was they were gone. I was out of here, man. I told you, key lime pie oh, was my. one of my favorites. So yeah, it's one of my favorite too. So yeah, Patty has a, a special, um, I guess, a special skill with that. And I'm assuming that her pie was one of the biggest sellers at the Humane Society event the other day. You know, I, I, I I'm sure I do every year, but she she kind of outdid herself. I think she made six of the nine inch ones which you received one of those and i think we had 23 of the little individual graham cracker crust pans and you know so those were probably very popular too because it was enough for one or two servings well i appreciate the fact that you uh, gave me the big one okay hey we'll try to do it again next year too all right, so we come to Kevin and we say, <laughs> what is happening? Why are people laughing at me? Uh, no, we want to talk to you about things that are happening in the pet community. And I guess uh, April is a special month in one of the things we should consider about our pets. Yeah, it's probably a little, very, very uh, little known month for this. But we're right in the middle of what's called National Pet First Aid Month. And this was designated, the month of April was designated as, as this some time ago. and. You know, it's just to bring awareness to first aid that you could do for your dog or cat or pets at home. And, of course, first aid is just that. You know, it's something to do immediately until you can seek, you know, medical attention, uh, veterinary attention. Uh, And probably the most common thing I see, probably two or three a week sometimes, is some kind of an injury to a toenail, most commonly on a dog. It can happen on cats, but most commonly on dogs. You know, and the first thing, the most common of that is a broken nail. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever experienced that, uh, a dog that breaks its nail or pulls out completely, it almost looks like you severed the femoral artery. There's oh, blood everywhere, yeah. and the dog's hobbling around on the foot, licking the foot, you know, getting blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not a, obviously not a life-threatening injury, but there's no need to panic. You know, first thing to do if you, you know, if the dog is has a uh, a nail that's at a weird angle or completely pulled out or obviously broken at some point, um, you can, you know, just 
take some gauze and lightly wrap it, you know, and that'll, you know, the, the, the nail will stop bleeding eventually and, and, you know, then seek attention. And there's several different things. You know, a dog's toenail anatomy, very similar to our uh, fingers and toes. There's three three bones, and then on the end of the third bone is the nail, which corresponds to our fingernail, and then there's a cuticle or a quick inside that nail, uh, just like our cuticle. And so that's the part of the toenail that contains the blood vessels and the nerves. So, you know, if it's completely pulled off um, at the base, you know, what's exposed is that nerve, that sensitive um, tissue that has the nerve and the blood vessels in it. And a lot of times, you know, we will bandage those, plus or minus, put them on some uh, antibiotics and then usually some pain medication because it is very, you know, very painful. Uh, the other type of injury you'll see is where they'll actually break a nail, you know, maybe halfway up. And it'll be bleeding and it's sensitive because the cuticle's exposed, that nerve ending's exposed. And a lot of times, if it's completely broken, we'll just kind of stop the bleeding, bandage it. Same type thing, pain medication. Usually, they don't need antibiotics. Um, and then you've got those special cases of uh, dogs have dew claws. Usually, all dogs have the front dew claws unless they've been removed from their puppies. And some dogs even have rear dew claws. And the dew claws are what corresponds to our thumb. And they're on the inside of the front legs, higher up. So they never touch the ground and, and have that normal abrasive um abrasion of them that can keep the other nails, you know, pretty short to some extent. Mm -hmm. So what can happen, since these don't uh, touch the ground and they never get any, you know, abrasive action to get the tips blunted down, and they grow kind of curved backwards. And if they continue to grow and they're not attended to, they can actually grow into that little toe pad associated mm -hmm. with them. I've seen and that. And I see that very commonly, especially yeah. on older dogs. Um, and, and, you know, that's painful because it's a, you know, it's a gradual Oh. intrusion into that pad and you know it's actually embedded in there and it's painful so you know signs the, the dogs will start licking their their foot or they'll carry it or they won't let you touch it uh it, it may have some blood around it and what we have to do is you know cut those you know at the end of the cuticle and then usually they'll slip right out or we pull them out of the nail and then usually that has to be treated with an antibiotic and some pain medication um, in the back dew claws, especially, sometimes they're just barely attached. It may not even have a bony attachment. It may just be skin and a nail there. And those have a, a, a pretty high incidence of wanting to grow, you know, you know, in a curvature and, uh, and, and at some point penetrate that toe pad associated with that individual nail. So, you know, very common. And like I said, I get people call that are panicking because it's bleeding and broken and, you know, the nail's broken and uh, the dog's in pain. But, uh, you know, the first aid part of it comes into where the owner can actually put a light wrap on it with a little gauze and just lightly wrap it and, you know, give it something for the blood to clot on. And uh, especially if it's just kind of dangling, it keeps it from moving around, which causes more pain until, you know, it can be seen you know, by a veterinarian to attend to it. And a lot of these cases involve some sedation to, you know, either remove the nail completely or clip it back uh, because the dogs are very painful and, you know, they, they uh, do much better if they've had a little uh, sedation and analgesia to, um, right before the procedure. So, you know, watch for that. Like I said, it can happen on cats. You don't see it as often just because cats, 
you know, for the most part, aren't out running around and, uh, you know, breaking, you know, or jumping down and possibly breaking them uh, on the concrete. What I see most commonly in cats is sometimes if they're climbing trees or a fence, a wooden fence, trying to get away from another cat, you know, they'll sometimes shred those nails and expose the cuticle and have some bleeding there. So, um, but, um, you know, that's probably my number one uh, first aid call I get about, if not uh, several times a week, at least once a week. Yeah. So, again, it's all about April being Pet First Aid Month. Think about making sure you have all the stuff you need to take care of your pets in the event that there's something you need to do before you're able to get them to your favorite veterinarian like Dr. Kevin Reed. Y'all, he is the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed at Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro, vet-care.com, and on Facebook when you search Vet Care Jonesboro. Dr. Reed, thanks for another Wet Nose Wednesday. Thank you, and I'll look forward to talking to you next week. All right, tell Patty thanks for her pie, okay? I sure will. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Rebecca Probst from Local Impact, who has joined us back in the studio. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm great. How are y'all? We're She's good. always like a breath of sunshine, like a ray of sunshine. No, she comes in all happy. But the yeah. difference is she got more than three hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Well. I don't know. Oh, no. You're planning an event, right? <laughs> right. That, two small kids. Yeah. We put out a tooth last night. So oh. tooth fairy. Gotcha. Yeah, there were motherly duties. But... Got it. All right. So which uh, which baby had a tooth deal? Uh, Molly. Yes. And it wasn't her first one, was it? No, okay. it wasn't her first one. But each time the celebration is like the first one. <laughs> I got, I got so, it. Yes. When you say celebration, you mean celebration or the drama? Uh, all of the above. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because when Kai was first going through the losing teeth thing, it was so traumatic because it's dangling and it's kind of it's kind of painful, but he doesn't want us to help him get it. Yeah. Right. I don't want to. I, I don't do teeth. I'll do anything else, but I, I don't do the teeth. You won't reach in and, no, no, and no, no, no. assist? Once it's hanging, that's all yeah. use, yes. So what did yeah. she have to do? Oh, she pulls it herself, yes. She had to reach in and do it. Oh, yeah, she did. She did, and she was so proud. So that's where the celebration came. You did it. Yes. All by oh, yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Did the yes. Tooth Fairy get to visit overnight? Yeah, she did. Mom of the year, of course. Um, She got um, a little bit of money for Easter. Right. So um, that was all the cash in the house, and so oh, we uh, oh, had to fairy. replay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Hey, do you have any cash?" And I was like, "No." I said, "Okay." So anyway, we took the Easter money, yeah. became the Tooth Fairy, and anyway, we no were lots of different things. It's yes. the shell game. Oh, look, you got a pop tart. Yeah. Congratulations yes. for losing a tooth. <laughs> hey, first of all, um, we've talked to you for a number of years about people who are going through the situation of infant loss. Uh, and we talked to you about this before Local Impact was a deal. Mm-hmm. This was a passion project. Local Impact became a deal. And mm-hmm. here we are. It's a little more than a year later. Where do you think Local Impact, the organization, stands today compared to one year ago? Oh, you know, it's it's growing tremendously. And that's it's hard to say that because, you know, in anything, you get so excited about the growth. In our situation, it's unfortunate growth. Um, when we put out our newsletters each month, we always have to say, OK, look, guys, like 
our lower numbers um, of families that we see is better. Sure. You don't want to see, oh, we saw 15 families this month. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is great that we are available and we can do that. But the growth is just, it's an everyday thing. Um, we meet somebody new or we get a call or somebody tags me on Facebook. And so it's it's constant. And so you don't realize um, how many people are actually in need in this realm of work. Sure. And that's just people that you're actually dealing with individually. And as you continue to grow, Mm -hmm. I would imagine that we'll we'll be shocked by the number of people who go through these tragic events. Yes, for sure. Um, And I know we were talking about this a little earlier that, um, you know, statistics are one in four. Mm -hmm. And so when you have one in four, one in four what? Okay, well, one in four families. Now, if you Google that, of course, it says one in four women. And I wish that there was some way to change Mm -hmm. that stigma of, you know, yes, of course, the the woman, the mom is affected the most, but you have dads and siblings. When you have a six-year-old at home or a 10-year-old at home and you have to explain to them why we are not bringing this baby home and we've had a baby shower and grandma hosted and now we have to explain to grandma. Um, So there's just so many people involved that are suffering from that loss. It's just trauma all the way around. So we see more than just mamas. We see, you know, grandparents and siblings, a lot of times the siblings are the ones just in so much turmoil and having to go to school mm. and explaining, you know, oh, did your sister come or did your brother come or, oh well, you know, what does that look like? Talking to teachers so everybody's on the same page. So there's just so much to it long term. It's not a one day deal. It, it just follows you forever. Well, there's so much probably if we haven't gone through it, if you haven't walked in those steps, you don't understand what those steps are like. Like I can tell you, and I know I've told you this before, but you know, Kai's 13 and a half. Uh, and I've always been an anxious person my entire life. It's just something I've had to learn to deal with, but I was never more anxious, never more scared than the the 10 months, the 40 weeks that we were pregnant. Right. It's like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen. We got lucky. We're one of the lucky families. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, what your status in life is, what your socioeconomic status is, where you live. Sometimes things happen that are unfortunate. Um, and, and really, when you mention infant loss, there's different stages of infant loss. I want to kind of cover that real quick. Yeah. So, you know, miscarriage in the earlier stages of the pregnancy, stillbirth would be a baby that you go in to deliver your 40 weeks and it's time. You know, your water Gosh. breaks or um, you start having contractions and you go in and then there's that loss mm-hmm. um, at that stage. Or there's, you know, can be SIDS cases where you have a three month old. You've already brought the baby home and oh. and now the police department's involved. And, and now you're, you know, you look like you're hiding, but you're like, I don't want anybody to think I've done something. And so there's just so much to it. And and we're not, here's the thing, we're not trying to be gloomy and put this black cloud on everybody's pregnancy. That's not yet at all. We, we are an organization that we take these tragedies and we turn it into hope stories. Sure. You know, especially like for myself, um, when you see a picture of my family, there's so much hope in us four people. Right. Um, you know, for us, it was adoption and things like that. But it was a very hard time for my family and it was a very long road um sometimes when we talk we just sound like a total tv show but um in the end there is so much bright light at the end of this dark tunnel it's just hope you know rebecca probes joins us this morning from local impact i want to ask you again a kind of personal question but you you brought up you know a personal situation um 
and local impact wasn't here when you walked these steps. Right. So how did you go about the healing process before there were organizations like local impact. Right. I didn't. (laughs) The answer is I didn't. Um, and I think that's why I'm so passionate about what I do is because I didn't have the support. Um, there was no organization that came in and brought us food or this or that. Um, and in two, what happens when all those people leave, even Mm. the people that have the support, um, when they come in and you have family and friends and those texts are happening or social media, you're blowing up, you know, of I'm thinking about you and praying for you. Here's you some food that will last you a whole month. Mm -hmm. And and then when everybody goes back home and goes back to work and now, um, you know, our, our, for us going back to work, we're not on a six week normal maternity leave. You know, what happens when we have to go back to work and our coworkers and one is pregnant and our sister's pregnant Mm -hmm. and everybody else. And now we get an invite six months later to a baby shower. What do we do with that? Or do we want to go? Can we go? I mean, we don't want to be uncomfortable and make the other people uncomfortable. So there's just a whole long road. But the answer to me specifically is I was the, we're going to sweep this under the rug because at the time we owned a business, um, Merit was, you know, around. And so I had to be a mom, um, for him. And so we just didn't. And so the support, um, that's our mission is to make sure no one walks this alone. If it's first days or, you know, 85 years later, whatever that looks like, if, if it comes up. Such a, such Mm -hmm. a great value to the community. And again, local impact, you can find out more at localimpact.net. It's local with an M P-A-C-T.net, localimpact.net. Uh, you have an event coming up, Butterflies in Bloom. It is uh, the second annual event at the Gardens at Harmony. It's happening on Friday, May the 12th. Tell me what this is going to look like. Oh, I love this event. So last year it was it was incredible, and we expect the same um, this year. You go in, Harmony Gardens, 7 o'clock on a Friday night, May 12th. Um, we have live music, uh, DJ, photo booth, silent auction. This year we're going to have a live auction. Last year we yeah. didn't, so that's um, going to be a lot of fun. And the food. So I'm a huge foodie. Like I'm, yeah. <laughs> What are we having? What are we having to right. eat? That's yeah. the most important yes. thing. Yes. Feed me. Feed me right. now. Yeah. Um, so just, just an, a nice time to know that we're all there for the same reason mm-hmm. and just to have fun, just to say, hey, I know who you are and why you're here. Um, we don't have to talk about that, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we just we dance and we eat a lot and dance some more and we stay out late and we get to dress up and yeah. just love on each other in a different way than we might on a different day. You yeah. know, I love that. So, yeah. and I bet you see people there that you didn't expect to see there who have walked the same journey that they just haven't talked about. Yes. Before. Yes. And various people too. one. Some I don't know. Some mm-hmm. I've never met. And so it gives me the opportunity to say hi. Um, And also, gosh, it's so neat to see Granny come out and she is dressed up. She's got her (laughs) high heels on, you know, and and so everybody's there for support. And, you know, I love this event because it shows how many people are behind me um, walking this journey. And I'm usually the face of local impact, Mm -hmm. but I am not a one man show. There are so many people that help. We have seven people on our board. They'll all be there. Um, Of course, those our board members come. They all come with husbands. Mm -hmm. And so. 14 people are here to walk this journey with you and that's at celebrating at events just the birth we get so caught up in sometimes that we lost our baby instead of right. saying 
she existed, he existed. And how long, you know, were you pregnant? Oh, this, were you sick? Were you not sick? And just enjoying those moments, pulling those pictures out, saying their names, um, Mm -hmm. and just having those same experiences as someone that did get to bring their baby home and making it more normal and educating our community that this does happen, but it's not the end of our road. So again, the event happens at the Gardens at Harmony on Friday, May the 12th, 7 o'clock. Find out more at localimpact.net, local M, the letter M, P-A-C-T dot net. Uh, I'm assuming people can reach out to you on Facebook as well, right? Yep. Yep. They, um, Facebook and it has our information there too. We have a website, um, that you can go to. If you just put in local impact, it'll pop right up. The tickets are online for this event. Um, just through just the link, you click on the link and you register there. It's so, so user friendly. You can do it easy from there, um, on the Facebook page. When you're supporting people on the journey of infant loss and you're being there to, mm-hmm. to celebrate, uh, you know, the lives lost and, mm-hmm. and the families that are coming together. So yes. again, it's butterflies and bloom put together by local impact on May the 12th. Find out more at localimpact.net. Rebecca, great to see you as always. You too. Thank you. This is the K-Fine Breakfast Club powered by Families Inc.